0: And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at cerebral.com/slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com/slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Hey Lethal Listeners, Tig here. Last season on Lethal Lit, you might remember I came to Hollow Falls on a mission. Clearing my Aunt Beth's name and making sure justice was finally served. But I hadn't counted on a rash of new murderers tearing apart the town. My mission put myself and my friends in danger. Though it wasn't all bad. I'm
1: gonna be real with you, Tig.
0: I like you. But now, all signs point to a new serial killer in Hollow Falls. If this game is just starting, you better believe I'm gonna win.
2: I'm Tig Torres. And this is Lethal Lit.
0: Catch up on season one of the hit murder mystery podcast, Lethal Lit, a Tig Torres mystery, out now. And then tune in for all new thrills in season two, dropping weekly starting February 9th. Subscribe now to never miss an episode. Listen to Lethal Lit on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Billy Lord opened up about generational trauma and the complicated grief she felt when her mom, Carrie Fisher, died. Adele talked about her body being objectified from the start of her career. And we're talking with BuzzFeed's Natalie Oganessian about Rihanna's upcoming album.
3: It's October 8th, 2021. Hey, friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen LeConte. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So to kick things off, Billie Lord recently revealed what it was like growing up as Carrie Fisher's daughter and how her mom taught her quote what not to do as a parent.
1: And I was her main support and I was 7 for a lot of the time and and that was really hard and that's why I grew up really fast because I was her best friend, I was her mother, I was her kid, I was her everything. And And that's one of the things I'm learning not to do with my kid. There's a lot of things that my mom taught me to do. And then there's a lot that is, and honestly, it it might be more valuable of what not to do.
0: You know, what I love so much about this is, this is something I saw on TikTok a while ago where it's a lot of people where it's like a lot of people in our generation go to therapy and they realize this past trauma or things their parents did that necessarily aren't good for them. And when they express it to their parents, their parents are like upset, which I get because it's like, oh, you're you're calling me a bad parent. No, that's not what's happening. They're just expressing it. But the point being like, yes, yeah, she was taught what to do, what not to do. And if Billy has kids, she's going to do the same thing. Yes, she's going to correct in some ways. And then again, she's also going to have her own faults and then her child will learn as well. But as long as you're going to therapy and you're learning, I'd love that Uh, evolution.
3: Oh, I totally agree. And I hope that people can hear that and not think that she's like dissing her mom or like talking shit. I mean, the reality is, is like, this is what we all want for our children to grow up with better lives than we have. We always want to be improving upon our own life situations. I have a lot of respect for her. I know she loved her mother so, so much, but I think it's really healthy to be able to identify the patterns in your own upbringing that were pretty toxic and damaging.
0: And you know what? I also think it's even more impressive. That she's able to speak on it now because I bet she's also having to work through the grief and the guilt of talking about her mother now that she has passed away and feeling like, you know, when people are like, oh, don't speak ill of the dead and et cetera. And it's like, well, no, just because she's not alive anymore doesn't mean you don't have all your trauma from childhood, good and bad.
3: Yeah, for sure. And it's important to talk about these things because if you don't shed light on them, they live in the dark and they fester, and it just becomes a sick little thing for the next generation, you know?
0: All right. So moving on, Adele shared her thoughts on being objectified both before and after her weight loss. She told Vogue, quote, I understand why it's a shock. I understand why some women especially were hurt. Visually, I represented a lot of women, but I'm still the same person. The most brutal conversations were being had by other women about my body. I was very fucking disappointed with that. That hurt my feelings. She went on to say her weight loss was more incidental than anything because she realized working out during her divorce helped her with her feelings of anxiety.
3: Yeah, I think this is an important point she's making. I do remember when those photos first came out, there was this, you know, like recurring conversation of like, Uh, Is this a betrayal of, you know, of women? You know, she represented larger body types. And in the music industry, it is rare to find women who are not like stick thin. And a lot of people talked about her weight loss like it was a betrayal. And I bet a lot of those people would consider themselves part of the body positivity movement. But the reality is that there is absolutely nothing body positive, about shaming a specific individual for uh, their weight changing, either a gain or loss.
0: And, you know, for those people who say they're in the body positivity movement, you know, actually, it would be great if we're leaning more towards the body neutrality movement. And that's what it is. And it's like, if Adele is starting to feel neutral about her body, that's fantastic. I think one thing that Lizzo does really well, because, you know, Adele isn't on social media as much as Lizzo is. And Lizzo really, like... Yes, she supports like body neutrality and she talks about that and like but she also we see her like sometimes try and eat healthy or working out and stuff like that because just because you're on a journey to feeling neutral about your body doesn't mean that you are also going to be affected by the things people say, especially if you're freaking Lizzo or Adele
3: absolutely yeah and you know she said she's working out for frankly the exact right reasons which is that it makes her feel good and it helps with her anxiety and like all the weight loss stuff was just incidental so i think people should just let her do it you know leave her alone
0: (laughs) All right, so moving on, this fall is gonna be huge for music fans. Some of our favorite artists will be dropping new albums, including Adele, Cardi B, Lana Del Rey, and Lizzo. But probably the most anticipated is R9, Rihanna's ninth studio album. Today, we're joined by BuzzFeed's Natalie Oganessian to talk about the album and the fandom's desperate pleas for its release. Hi, Natalie, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So, you know, it's been over five years since Rihanna's last album came out. Everyone is waiting for her new music. People make jokes about it all the freaking time. And, you know, you actually wrote a piece for BuzzFeed back in September right after she teased the upcoming album. So as our most preeminent Rihanna scholar, what should we be expecting from R9?
1: Yeah, so... She spoke to AP Entertainment a little bit ago, which I wrote an article about, teasing kind of a fun sound, an experimental sound. That's something we've known for a while now. For Anti, which dropped uh, nearly six years ago, it was very eclectic genre-wise. Um, there was pop, of course, but R&B alternative dance hall. And so that's something I wanted to focus on. We know before through interviews with like Vogue and a Rolling Stone anonymous piece where she will be doing more of a reggae infused album. So that's something we can expect. She cited Bob Marley as one of her like top artists of all time. So that's a sound that we can really see her drawing from. She told Vogue back in November of 2019, quote, I like to look at it as a reggae-inspired or reggae-infused album. She said that's something that feels right for her. But at the same time, she will maybe possibly also be working on a pop oriented album. So we might get a bit of a dual situation here.
0: Yeah. So, so that's what I'm glad you brought that up because there's speculation that the reason we're waiting so long is because Rihanna is planning on dropping two albums, one pop and one reggae. What do you think? Wild conspiracy theory or potentially we're getting two freaking albums.
1: Okay. I believe it honestly, because (laughs) what can Rihanna not do? So, speaking about the rolling stone 2018 article there's this whole sort of investigation where eight sources who are anonymous close to the project were saying that rock nation rihanna's label was looking for beats for the past year uh, for a reggae album but then also two of those sources said that there's also a pop one in the works so i don't know i feel like that's not impossible given she's a woman of many talents i think That could be done, maybe like a sort of A side, B side situation or just two different works completely.
3: Well, you know, it's safe to say that everyone involved in whatever this project is, has been very, very secretive about the production. But we do know a few things, like we know Pharrell Williams is producing and will most likely feature. And I think we know definitively that Lady Gaga and Drake will not be on the album. Have there been any other confirmations or even rumors about who else might be involved? Or is there anyone you're crossing your fingers that we might hear?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I think, like you said with Drake, that's not happening. Uh, She said, not on this album. That's for sure. For Lady Gaga, I'm actually of the opinion that we can't rule her out yet. Oh. When she was talking to the New York Times a while back, she said, it's not in the books right now, but I'm not against it. So I think, especially if she's making a pop record that could be possible, perhaps that's wishful thinking on my part and I could be very wrong, but. I'm hoping that, you know, the door is open there. There's also record producer The Dream, Pharrell, like you mentioned. But speaking of the reggae sound, there's artist Coffee and a Haiti Baby. Supa Dupes, who is a veteran dance hall producer and was behind Drake's Controller, is also reportedly involved. And going back to that Rolling Stone article, an anonymous source that said that there was 500 records for this project that they were narrowing down which is like I can't I can't believe that but they're only supposedly choosing 10 so a lot of obviously Jamaican roots which is something she said before but as far as the collabs I'm not really sure we had SZA on consideration on anti I would love to see like a second version of that or something more a beat from them since consideration was more mellow Doja Cat, of course. Love her. That would be amazing.
0: Okay, so, you know, now we've kind of unpacked what we're supposed to be getting, but I kind of want to, like, shift gears a little bit, you know, because in anticipation of this album, it feels like there are two separate aspects to what's been happening. There's the album and its release date, which we've talked about it, and then there's the fan discourse, which has taken on a life of its own. Rihanna's fans, aka Navy, have been extremely vocal about wanting this album released, which raises the question, do fans Fans have the right to demand art from artists. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, that's a really big question. And I think just like goes to show where we're at in the music world. There's so many artists that are notorious kind of for pushing back albums and release dates. One person I can think of is Kanye. And that's happening a lot more and more with like, obviously the pandemic has influenced release dates and touring dates, of course. But there's also on the flip side of that musicians like Drake and Beyonce, who have dropped surprise albums. I wouldn't rule it out from Rihanna of doing that, of just dropping it and being like, here you go. You've been asking for it. Here it is. But at the same time, going back to do fans have that right to demand art or kind of be like, oh, well, you said a year ago or you said two years ago, you've been teasing it for so long. I am of the opinion that they do not. I think right now in the streaming world, it just is a lot easier for fans to be like, well, we want content. We want this album. It's been so long. But it's also like music is an art form that I don't believe can be rushed. And if you really want a good, solid album from your fave, you have to let them go through that creative process. You have to let them redo things, narrow down records and tracks and collab with whoever they feel like is going to produce the best work with them. So they're not commodities that can churn out products on demand. Some artists love to do that and music helps them process things and it's a therapy for them, but some don't want to do that and some really want to hone their craft. And I don't think there's a right or wrong way, obviously, to go about it, but fans need to chill a little bit. (laughs)
0: agreed on that front I do have another question for you that makes the question like a little bit more nuanced in that like okay so say we have an artist who hasn't really been talking about anything and fans are like begging for music and demanding it is there a difference from someone like Rihanna who has multiple times spoken about how it's coming and like do you think like she has to live up to that promise because I mean since 2018 to now she has been teasing this album
1: yeah I mean that's the thing Rihanna is a hilarious person like objectively speaking we know about her trolling I mean there's a whole timeline like going back to 2018 of her doing so but at the same time she said before how (laughs) this is a quote like that Navy has been haunting her about these these demands and I think when it comes to her I mean she is one of the best-selling artists of all time that's proven and she's been in the industry since she was 16 which is just like unfathomable to me I think she knows the fan base behind her I think she knows kind of what people are expecting but she's also the type of person who's courageous enough to like be like, no, I'm on my own time. I'm really working on something special for you guys. And I think at the end of the day, Navy understands that. Even though there's jokes and there's fun, of course.
3: All right, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more on Rihanna's R9.
0: At It, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast.
2: Hi,
4: I'm Robert Lamb. And I'm Joe McCormick, and we're the hosts of the science podcast Stuff to Blow Your Mind, where every week we get to explore some of the weirdest questions in the universe.
2: Like, if sci-fi teleportation was possible, how would it square with the multitudes of organisms that inhabit our human bodies? Can we find evidence of emotions in animals like bees, ants, and crayfish? How would an interplanetary civilization function? Does free will exist? Stuff to Blow Your Mind examines neurological quandaries, cosmic mysteries evolutionary marvels and the wonders of techno history basically this show is the altar where we worship the weirdness of reality if anybody ever told you you ask the weirdest questions it is time to come join us in the place
4: where you belong the stuff to blow your mind podcast
2: new episodes publish every tuesday and thursday with bonus episodes on saturdays
4: listen to stuff to blow your mind on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm John Gonzalez, the host of Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered the best storytelling in sports for 70 years, first in the pages of the magazine, then on SI.com, and now that tradition continues on a new podcast. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. We'll ask the questions that we're all wondering and push for the answers we all want. Everything from investigating the Super Bowl's impact on L.A., to examining why booing is as big a part of the fan experience as cheering. Sports Illustrated Weekly is here to bring you the entertaining tales you can't get anywhere else. The kinds of stories that make you smile and laugh, clap and cry, marvel, think, and fall in love with sports all over again. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now.
3: Welcome back we're talking with BuzzFeed's Natalie Oganessian about Rihanna's supposedly upcoming album. One thing that's fueling the fire of this album discourse is Rihanna herself. So, while fans have been very vocal in their demands, as we've discussed, uh, Rihanna has responded by hilariously trolling them. So, like, in December 2019, she posted a video to Instagram of a dog jumping up and down with the caption, me listening to R9 by myself and refusing to release it. And then there was like a recent instagram comment where a fan asked where's the album to which rihanna replied i lost it so what what do you think natalie you mentioned that rihanna is just very funny and like clearly she is but do you think there's an underlying antagonism there like do you think she's kind of feeling the pressure to put out the album and she's responding with these jokes to cope with the
1: pressure oh 100 in early 2020 she told entertainment tonight This is a direct quote. I like to antagonize my fans a little bit. (laughs) Well, they antagonize me too. So they get it right back, which is the exact level of pettiness I think I would expect from her. But yeah, I think it's it's like a fun jest, but it's also, as you said, like I think it's been so long. Every time she posts anything, updates people on anything, they're like, where's the album? Where is it? She could be announcing a Fenty expansion they're like where's the album get back in the studio so i think there is a dual side of it she has said before of course that music is her first love and that's not something that has changed for her she has all these other ventures but i think at the end of the day she's going to give us something that we're going to enjoy that maybe is going to love and listen to until the next decade, I think. We're (laughs) waiting for another R10 or something. But do
0: you know what? That's what's also so wild to me because it's like, okay, say she had nothing else going on besides like her music and she's just like sitting around, which fine, she can sit around. She's allowed to do whatever the fuck she wants to do. But that's not even the case. She's so busy. She does so much, you know? Like, a big reason that the album has taken so long, other than the pandemic, is that Rihanna is way busier than she used to be. In a 29 interview she said quote I used to be in the studio only the studio for three months straight but now it's quote fashion one day lingerie the next beauty the next then music the next and I mean we love a multi-hyphenate but I mean how do you feel as a fan would you rather have more music and less of the other stuff or vice versa what are you feeling
1: it's it's a hard question it's like obviously I want something that's a bop I want to listen to it forever and on repeat for months but I am satisfied with my Fenty foundation for the time being, for
0: the time <laughs> being. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Thank you. That's it for today. Come back and join us on Monday.
0: And remember, just like, don't talk about other people's bodies, please.
3: Amen. BuzzFeed Daily is produced by Dan Bauza, Frank Capello, and Jess Goodwin.
0: Special thanks to Erica Netanine and Samantha Hennick.
3: Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories.
0: And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. I haven't
1: really woken up.
2: You actually don't.